Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Today, our church celebrates the feast of the body and blood of Jesus Christ, what we used to refer to as Corpus Christi Sunday. Well, we recognize just how great a gift Jesus' body and blood is for us, not in just this world, but in the world to come of heaven. Now, when you think about blood, the blood in our bodies, it's vital to life itself. Our blood in our bodies delivers oxygen and nutrients and vitamins, maybe even medicine, to our organs and our cells and our tissues. If we have a deficiency in the supply of our blood, we're anemic. It impairs our quality of life. We are low in energy, we're lethargic. If we have a severe lack of blood, then it impairs the function of our vital organs, and we may even die. And so blood is incredibly important to life. You know, I love that Red Cross motto, give the gift of life, give blood. Well, that is so true. Blood is our own life. Now, the people in the ancient world, they recognize the importance of blood in relationship to life. And we see that on display prominently in the first reading. Here, the Israelites, led by Moses, enter into a new covenant with God. And the covenant is ratified by a sacrifice, like all other previous Old Testament covenants. In this case, it's a sacrifice of young bulls. Now notice particularly what Moses did with the blood. It says, He took half of the blood and put it in large bowls. The other half he splashed on the altar. Taking the book of the covenant, he read it aloud to the people, who answered, All that the Lord has said will heed and do. Then he took the blood and he sprinkled it on the people. This was a symbolic gesture in which the people enter in now into a covenant of life with God. Now remember, the people believed there was a relationship with blood and life. And while sprinkling the blood upon the people, now the people enter into a communion of life with God, such that God now is the source of life for the Israelites. Now with that in mind, Go to the second reading from the book of Hebrews. It says, For if the blood of the goats and bulls and the sprinkling of heifer's ashes can sanctify those who are defiled, so that the flesh is cleansed, how much more will the blood of Christ cleanse our conscience to worship the living God? So what is the writer of Hebrews getting at? Well, we now have a new covenant with Jesus Christ as he climbed upon the cross. And see, Jesus climbing upon the cross is following in the tradition of the Old Testament covenants in which a sacrifice was meant to ratify the covenant. The sacrifice was made by Jesus Christ and it was his blood that is poured out such that now Jesus' blood is the source of our life. Again, that's why it says in Hebrews, 
How much more will the blood of Christ cleanse our conscience to worship the living God? Now, what's so unique with our covenant with Jesus Christ is that he himself is the sacrifice, not an animal like in the past with the Old Testament in which the animal was sacrificed, but instead Jesus Christ himself is the sacrifice. His blood is what is poured out such that we, we may have life in which we eat his body and drink his blood. That is the source now of our life. And yet, before this new covenant of Jesus Christ with us can be carried out, it has to be ratified with Jesus and the apostles at the time of the Last Supper. And that's where we turn to the gospel. Here we have Mark's version of the Last Supper in which Jesus institutes the Mass. He gathers the apostles and he celebrates the Last Supper. But remember, the apostles represent the church. And so our church actively enters into a new covenant with Jesus by eating his body and drinking his blood. In doing so, Jesus' body and blood becomes now the source of our life. Now, what's so interesting about this, in the Old Testament, the covenant was ratified in which the people were sprinkled with blood, the blood of the sacrificed animal. And it was a ritualistic symbol in which they entered into a new communion of life with God. And yet, for us, that blood is not sprinkled on us. Instead, that blood is now taken into us. Every time we gather for Mass, we come before the altar and we eat Jesus' body and we drink his blood. That's how our covenant is ratified. That's how we enter into a communion of life with God. The other key thing we have to realize, too, in the Old Testament, when they sprinkled the blood, it was a symbolic gesture, a ritualistically symbolic gesture. Not so for us. When we gather for Mass, we believe in the true and the real presence of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. And that's why it has to be Jesus' true body and true blood for us to have eternal life. Remember just a few weeks ago in the Gospel, Jesus gives us that bread of life discourse. John 6, 54, Jesus says, Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood shall have eternal life. Will we continue that same belief? As Catholics, we believe in the real and true presence of Christ in the Eucharist. Remember last week, we learned how that happened. We learned that at the time of the consecration, when the priest says those words, the words that Jesus uttered at the time of the Last Supper, those words, the words of Jesus Christ, have a creative and a powerful effect associated with it such that those words have the power to call the Holy Spirit down upon the altar and change the bread and the wine into the body and blood of Jesus Christ. That's why when we come up for communion, when the person says the body of Christ or the blood of Christ, our response is amen. That comes from the Latin word amani, which means so be it. When we say amen, we say to ourselves and to the Eucharistic minister, so be it, so be it. I truly believe what I am receiving is the body of Christ. And from eating Jesus' body and drinking his blood, 
we truly enter into a communion of life. In many ways, it can be thought of as a body-blood relationship that now exists between us and God. I think a good analogy to help us appreciate this all the more, especially now on the feast of the body and blood of Jesus Christ, it's the analogy of a mother with the infant in her womb. Now, for approximately nine months, the child in the womb of its mother is constantly being nourished by the body and blood of its mother. It's an act of giving life on behalf of the mother, and it's an act of receiving life on behalf of the infant. Now, during this whole time, the mother's body is making constant changes on behalf of the infant. The mother develops a healthy diet. She may take supplemental vitamins to help her. The mother is always and very conscious of the communion of life she has with the infant in her womb. She truly believes and does have a body-blood relationship with her infant. Now take that image and apply it to us and God. God is like a parent who wants nothing more than a communion of life with us. So do we. We want a communion of life with us and God, such that it will take us to eternal life. And every time we come to Mass, every time we engage the Eucharist, we enter into a body-blood relationship with God. We eat His body and drink His blood, and it becomes a communion of life. It's an act of giving life to us by God and an act of receiving life by us from God. Now continue that analogy. Just like a child can't live outside the mother's womb in the first 25 weeks of pregnancy, neither can we. Neither can we live outside the church without receiving the nourishment of Jesus' body and blood. Now, while in the womb, that infant, for approximately nine months, is constantly receiving nourishment from the mother, her body, and her blood. And in doing so, over that nine-month term, the child begins to develop and mature and grow to the extent that finally it's ready, ready to be born into this world. Well, the same thing holds true with us. You know, throughout our lives, as we come to Mass on a regular basis, we eat Jesus' body, we drink His blood, we begin to develop, grow, and mature and to be living witnesses of Jesus Christ and his teaching in this world. And we are stronger for that, such that at the appointed time when we are about to leave this world, now we are ready, ready to be born into the new world, the new world of heaven and eternal life. And see, the Eucharist has fully prepared us for that. The body and blood of Jesus Christ has fully equipped us and prepared us to be born into eternal life in heaven. And so that's what we really celebrate here today on the feast of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. We celebrate that the body and blood of Jesus Christ is the greatest gift that Jesus could ever give us and leave us behind, such that we enter into a communion of life, a body and blood relationship with our God, such that it strengthens us helps us to develop and mature and grow as his disciples in this world, and it makes us ready to be born for the world to come of heaven. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.